This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Here we go. It's the Adam Ritz Show, and I'm glad you've taken the time to hang out with us. My name is Adam Ritz. Jay Baker on the phone with me. Hello, Jay. How you been? I am doing great, Adam. I hope you are. I'm having a great week. I, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm high as a kite. I'm high on life. Uh, if you've just tuned into this public affairs show and you're taken aback by the host saying he's high as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize how that must sound now, uh, but let me explain. It is uh, There are no chemicals involved. I'm high on life because I just had my colonoscopy that uh, I was scheduled to have, and everything came out fine, uh, totally clear, clean bill of health, and it is such a weight off my mind. Uh, and I don't know if you woke up today, Jay, and thought, wow, I can't wait to hear about Adam's colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, or I thought Adam's colonoscopy is the name of a band uh, that I hadn't quite uh, been familiar with their material just yet. That w- does, no, that's that's it, great news. Is, and it, was this your first one? Is Adam's colonoscopy, is that grunge? Is that Or is that, uh, <laughs> is that late 80s punk? <laughs> They broke up is what I heard. It was Uh, sad. They they did. They broke up. Uh, The prep for that show was terrible. Uh, (laughs) It was not my first colonoscopy, but uh, I want to be completely transparent and honest with our audience because I think it can uh, it can help. Uh, In fact, if I had heard this uh, discussion uh, prior to having mine, my own colonoscopy scheduled, I would have scheduled it earlier. So there is a history of colon cancer in my family. Uh, my father was diagnosed with it uh, in the early 1980s, and he did beat it. He is still with us. Uh, in fact, he's uh, just celebrated his 81st birthday. But since uh, I'm considered at risk, since my direct one of my direct parents had colon cancer, uh, I am supposed to have a colonoscopy, I believe, every five years beginning at the age of 33. And I did have my first one at the age of 35, and that was in uh, 2005, uh, almost two decades ago. And I had not received another one since. And it was just one of those things that I just kept putting off and putting off. Uh, I'll schedule it soon. I'll schedule it soon. Uh, Months, days, weeks turns into years, turns into a decade. Then you have you know, COVID and it just keeps putting back, put back and put back on the schedule. And finally, uh, earlier this year, I just said, I'm doing it. And I called, I made an appointment and I went and I was, I don't know if scared is the right word, but I was, there was a certain level of, of worrisome or, or I was concerned that, uh, since I was at risk and I hadn't had one in almost two decades, just didn't know what they were going to find in there. And, um, as we mentioned, the the prep uh, is certainly not fun. If you've had one, you know that you're up all night going to the bathroom to clear clear out your space, so to speak, so the doctor has a, a clean view of what's going on. And uh, after it was over, I got the thumbs up and maybe a poor choice of words there, Jay, but I got the, uh, the thumbs up <laughs> and 
Uh, everything's good. Everything's clean. Uh, I'm set for the next uh, three years. They want to see me again in three years. Now that I'm over the age of 50, I'm supposed to go every three years. So uh, I'll see him again in three years and uh, hopefully have good news to report then, too. So I just wanted to share that story because I know I'm not the only one that has uh, procrastinated on, you know, setting a doctor's appointment. Even if it's let's say you haven't been to the dentist in a few years, you know, you're supposed to go every six months, maybe every 12 months. Uh, I go every six months. And again, same thing happened with COVID. So uh, my appointment got canceled. And I didn't make another appointment, and I'm so used to them giving me that little business card that says when my next appointment is, that like a year and a half went by without going to the dentist. So it's tough to get back on a schedule, a regular schedule of seeing a doctor or doing what you need to to stay healthy and stay safe. And um, boy, I was lucky. I I will tell you, uh, yesterday could have gone worse. There could have been polyps. There could have been something worse than that. Um, but it's a load off my mind, Jay. I've uh, people have noticed. Why do you? What are you so happy for? You know, not that I was not happy last week, <laughs> but right. anytime no. you can take something stressful and get it off your plate and out of the back of your mind and off of your chest, it makes life easier. So I highly encourage if you've been putting off your colonoscopy or any checkup for that matter. Just make the phone call and set the appointment. That's the hardest part. Just dial the 10 numbers, set the appointment, and the rest will take care of itself. Well, you raise a great point, and we did a story about a year ago that a number of medical professionals were concerned that so-called periodic tests, you know, everything from mammograms to colonoscopies and uh, scenarios like that, including dental screenings, were probably not only put off, but you got out of the habituation of even setting up those appointments. So there was a great deal of concern that as we emerge from COVID, that some health issues could rear its head. And you're right. We're very lucky nowadays that we have these diagnostic tools, because as you said, if you have a family history and many people have different histories of different conditions and illnesses and cancers, You know, it's just great that you have a screening that a doctor can actually look at the affected area because, as you probably know, uh, many abdominal issues could only be addressed through surgery. Uh, And obviously, there was no way at all to diagnose, pre-diagnose any type of uh, bowel cancer at all. So, yes, it's a great diagnostic tool. Yeah, there's uh, maybe some unpleasant aspects to it. But just knowing the clean bill of health uh, is is well worth the uh, experience. And if you think about it, you need to know anyway whether it's a clean bill of health or not so that early detection is really the key to almost every condition. Uh, head on. Just nail on the head there, Jay. Early dete- How many stories have you heard where if they just would have detected it earlier, the person would have lived, but since it was so late, there's nothing they could have done about it. Uh, One thing I'll say about this um, colonoscopy prep is I could definitely tell a difference uh, in how difficult or unpleasant it was, you know, 20 years ago compared to now. It is easier. So if part of your uh, trepidation or, you know, your reluctance to schedule your colonoscopy is that you just don't want to go through that terrible prep where you have to drink 17 gallons of rocket fuel that turns into gas in your stomach and blows everything out, and you're, it's, it is 
not pleasant to to be nice. It's not pleasant. Uh, it's completely. Uh, it was a lot easier now. There was uh, pills involved. Uh, it was a pill form, not liquid. You take some pills. You drink some water, uh, and then you're up all night going to the bathroom once one night, and that's it. It's over. And the procedure itself was, I'd say, twenty minutes. And, and yeah. I was gone. All I needed was a driver. I couldn't drive myself home. They do put you under some sedation. It's not severe, but uh, you know you're out of it a little bit. And you just need a driver uh, to get you home. And you're only there twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Uh, and I remember about twenty years ago, it took uh, a couple hours. Like you had to go into a recovery area and wait for the wooziness to completely wear itself off. Not the case now. Um, and it's different upon uh, different doctors and different hospitals. We, we've had some colonoscopy camaraderie here at the radio station. Uh, one of our sales reps uh, had one last week. So we've been sharing stories on how different uh, the procedures <laughs> were. Um, and now we both can smile at each other knowing that we each have clean colons. <laughs> there you go. There's nothing more uplifting in anyone's life than knowing. I think just knowing anything is a very positive thing. Uh, you know, uh, each week here on the show, we try to take a look in a very, uh, hopefully upbeat way about public affairs. Cause we already know from our radio backgrounds that public affairs can be pretty dry. We have to sit and listen to, uh, what amounts to a lecture on how to drive in the wintertime. And, uh, <laughs> so we try to, we try to make it a little bit better. Well, you know, I mean, as Jay, I always this used show... to say dur during those public affairs shows, I had no idea that you shouldn't go as fast as you can on black ice. You know, I mean, I still, to this day, I don't know why. Jay, this show is is terrible at best. Imagine how much worse it would be if, <laughs> if it was just boring public affairs content. Yeah, and, and you know, and we, we have some public affairs rules that we live by. Uh, let's say an atomic bomb is getting ready to drop on your community, always get under your desk. I mean, that's that's been our guideline for years. We recommend it. Seems Head, we yep. have no idea whether it works or not, but we recommend it. Head between the knees. Now, before you get into um, the meat of your conversation, uh, I want to touch on the uh, comedy show for charity that you're a part of. Um, we'll get into all the details later, but I just want to make sure we have time for that. So, we're about a third of the way through the show now. Um, I'll let you know when I want to come back and, and end the sure. show talking about the Jay Baker Comedy Hour, which is what I call it. I know that's not the uh, official name no of pressure. the event, but uh, that's what I call it. And it, it is going to raise money for some uh, great people in the Brownsburg area. We'll touch on that in just a few minutes. But what do you got until then? Well, until we get to that, just wanted to let you know we do have some interesting things in the public affairs uh, arena. One is, um, you know, you and I have always been enamored of the fictitious but very cool character Tony Stark, who was the head of Stark Industries. And, of course, his alter ego is Iron Man. Uh -huh. And he is able to get into a ready-made suit and uh, fly around and perform all kinds of incredible things. Well, believe it or not, there's a company in England uh, called Gravity Industries, and they're working on creating a legitimate uh, so-called rocket suit that could be used for search and rescue missions. They are training it in the field with some trained paramedics, and this is happening right now as we speak in northern England. The suit was tested 
a person actually conducted a 2,000-foot climb over 1.2 miles, and they did it in just a little bit under four minutes. In the in the Iron Man suit, they did the climb? Well, it's not quite like the Iron Man suit, but the concept is similar, where they put this particular suit on. The suit has uh, a small turban that uh, is bolted to your arm or strapped onto your arm. There's one on each arm and then a larger one in the back. And it's capable of speeds up to 80 miles per hour. And you could go up to 12,000 feet in height. Now, you'll find this kind of interesting. 12,000 feet is a little high to uh, breathe well. Uh, most uh, most of the rich atmosphere exists 10,000 feet and below. So nobody is really recommending that someone go up to 12,000 feet. But in, in an emergency, somebody could. But, yeah, this is as close to Iron Man as we'll potentially get. And they're testing it as we speak with paramedics in northern England. Is it a uh, hot rod red and gold? <laughs> if not, it should be. Uh, it should be. And how wonderful uh, if Robert Downey Jr. himself heard about this story and somehow got involved with it to promote it. I think that that would be the perfect tie-in, do you not? Don't you think? Uh, I mean, he kind of has to. I, I, you know, I'm sure he's a philanthropic guy, and to uh, if it helps save lives, saves lives, and it's going to be part of a of an EMT unit that uh, is doing search and rescue. Uh, why wouldn't he want to promote that as Iron Man? I think and, that would be great. You know, and and is there an official name for this product? Well, it, it's from Gravity Industries, so I don't know what their official Gravity name Industries. is going to be. But Gravity Industries is kind of a fun name because, you know, obviously you're trying to defeat gravity. Yeah. And I'm sure there is uh, some training to this. The paramedics that are currently working on this had uh, six or seven training uh, missions that they've gone through to teach themselves a little proficiency about the suit. I don't think that an absolute beginner could just strap it on and hit the button because 80 miles per hour and 12,000 feet sounds a little dangerous. Yeah, like 80 miles an hour. And how? Like, do you lay down flat like Superman or is it, well, um, are you on eight, roller 80, skates? At 80 miles per hour, you probably don't want to strike another object. Would just be my guess. Is it you press a button with your, with your thumbs and you fly up to the hundredth floor of a skyscraper, eighty miles an hour? I'm trying to envision. I can't yeah. wait for this to become practical. Uh, I think it'll and, be cool. I, I think yeah, and it's like you said, it probably has to have some measured effect. You know, they've had some uh, moderate success with jetpacks, but they're not super controllable, and so this is an attempt to. Uh, create something that is somewhat user-friendly but it allows somebody i mean if you think about it if you had uh somebody who was lost in the wilderness you could you could traverse a lot of terrain with this gravity industry suit and be able to spot the person in need more in a in a more quick fashion and then you'd obviously be able to help them it'd be great if when you're helping somebody that need that's you know in a life a, a dire situation, uh, like instead of saying clear with the uh, pads, the electronic uh, you know the life saving mm -hmm. uh, jumper cable pads, instead of saying clear, you actually you snap your finger, like Iron Man oh. did at yeah. the uh, end of Endgame. 
Uh, I'm going to email some of my ideas to Gravity Industries to make sure that this <laughs> this Iron Man suit is as realistic as it can be. <laughs> now, uh, who was Tony's assistant? Was that Uma Thurman? Uh, no, that was um, uh, uh, oh, Gwyneth, I messed you Gwyneth up. Paltrow. Yeah, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. It does not say whether Gwyneth Paltrow is available uh, to be your assistant while using the uh, Gravity Industries suit. So many tie-ins here with Gravity Industries. They need to have a Pepper Potts division, for sure. Sure. Um, One of their suits has to be called War Machine. You know, that's the Don Cheadle character. Right. Uh, Too many to list here. You know, I am an MCU geek. I've seen the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange already. Have you seen that one? I haven't yet, uh, just because I'm kind of backed up on some other ones. But, yeah, I, I'm really impressed that the output of Marvel comic uh, movies has been pretty uh, pretty good lately. And, and I like that some real-life companies are making some of these uh, imag- <laughs> Marvel imaginations come to life to help save mankind. That's awesome. Yeah. Gravity Industries. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's probably a division of Stark Industries. It might be. It might be. Dream big is the motto of Charity Ball Association of San Antonio. And you think to yourself, well, Charity Ball Association of San Antonio, kind of a quaint little name, but they just gave $750,000 to local nonprofits. Wow. Their mission, their mission is to help children. And over the last two uh, decades, They've given away $22 million in all. So this is a very powerful organization. It is based in San Antonio, Texas. And it really, it's difficult to even explain uh, their fundraising efforts, but they are really dedicated to giving money to the community. So I do have the website. This is definitely worth a look up of. I recommend this to anybody, actually, because it's uh, it's so cool what they do, and the amount of money they give is almost staggering. What's that website? The website is c b a o f s a dot org, and that would be c b a, which is Charity Ball Association of San Antonio. Got it. C b a o f. S-A-O-F-A.org. yes. And so the recent event, just one single event, raised three-quarters of a million dollars. That is unbelievable. Well, yeah, they do two or three different events, sort of pool their resources. This was their gift this year, but uh, they give away gotcha. extraordinary amounts of money for charities, local nonprofits that help children. And uh, uh, like I said, it, it, you read uh, how this organization began and certainly – their continued efforts to fulfill their mission is very impressive. Super. We had uh, some big celebs this week that attended the Robin Hood Benefit. Have you heard of the Robin Hood Benefit? I I haven't. uh, Very familiar with the story of Robin Hood. So who are they robbing from and um, who are they giving to? Well, they get a bunch of big celebs and big financial heavyweights. And And they rob them. Well, I think they try to kind of make sure that the the heavyweights give voluntarily. But yes, I, you know, the, the idea is if you're Jeff Bezos and somebody takes some money from you, presumably you could afford to give a little. So that's kind of what you. they're doing. Yeah, you rob from the rich and you give to the poor. So they get some heavyweight celebrities involved and they take them out. 
<laughs> Everybody wears tights, and that's how it works. Oh, yeah. No, it is, but it is called the Robin Hood Benefit. Uh, it was in New York City this week. They raised $120 million Whoa. for New Yorkers dealing with poverty. So, yeah, uh, I, I probably am saying his name repeatedly wrong, but Jeff Bezos was one of the uh, gentlemen involved with this, and he auctioned off a seat to go into outer space. <laughs> With his, uh, with his, uh, you know, his outer space operation. So somebody actually uh, bid to win that, and they spent eight million dollars. A gentleman by the name of Ken Griffin won that seat to go into outer space for eight million dollars. Now you'll love this, Ken Griffin. Ken, yeah, Ken Griffin. At first, I thought, well, that sounds like a baseball player, yeah. but Ken Griffin is the founder of Citadel, the hedge fund. And he has a lot of wherewithal as well, obviously spending $8 million on a silent auction item. Uh, and he is going to donate it to a New York City school teacher. Oh, that's even cooler. This is a charity yeah, inside so, of a charity. Charity inside a charity. John Legend performed there as well as John Mulaney, the comic so uh, some A-lister entertainment and certainly some A-lister heavyweight financial guys helping to raise money. But they do call it the Robin Hood benefit. It happens each year in New York City. And the reason why I brought it up is, you know, they uh, try to bring in all these financial and uh, celebrity uh entertainer heavyweights you probably have noticed neither you nor i was invited to the robin hood ball i have not been invited to the robin hood uh, <laughs> i benefit. have not been invited uh yeah i i can uh, i'm not on either side of that fence like rob from the rich to give to the <laughs> steal from the rich give to the poor i'm right in the middle so no one's gonna rob me and then again nobody's gonna give me anything so we are if i were right in the middle. to yeah, if I were invited, it would be to either help with catering or valet park. I, it wouldn't be for any other reason. Yeah. Gosh, that is uh, that is so cool. that um... It's cool, though, that you have an event like that, and then, you know, you do one single night, and you're raising over $100 million. It does show you, you know, we've always talked about on this show that America is a very generous country. Eight you just million, have to tap yeah. into the right, you know, the right source of, Correct. of money. $8 million from... Um... The, the gentleman to buy the space trip and then give yeah. it give it away give it to a new york city school teacher uh we'll do a follow-up report and find out who the teacher is and um and how that story uh fared but uh, isn't it yeah, amazing that really space cool. travel now is um is commercial i mean i've been hearing mm -hmm. uh, a few conversations at work even about uh some of these spacex uh, elon musk f space flights and then you've got the bezos company um now, granted, these are the 1% of the 1% that can afford it, but normal, everyday people are buying seats onto spacecraft to go into outer space. And, yes. you know, in a thousand years when that's uh, more than normal and there's colonies on other planets, they'll look back to, uh, you know, the early 2000s to 2020 when, when this stuff developed and started working. It's pretty amazing. Oh, no, I'm with you all the way. I mean, as you said, the... Uh law of diminishing returns means that eventually, you know, and at what point, 30, 40, 50 years from now, it'll actually be uh, considered maybe not affordable, but certainly attainable from the, by the average person. You know, Allegiant 
and um, Spirit Airlines might have their own <laughs> space travel where you uh, it only costs you an extra $300,000 for an overhead uh, you know compartment space. <laughs> yeah, don't try and take any carry-on luggage, little little mister. They'll nickel you leave and it dime the you. Space. <laughs> you do not bring on carry-on luggage on a space flight. You get me? Now get it off of here. No, no, no. Uh, no two, two bags, fly, fly free. Not here. Not here. Not here. Not here. Oh, hey, you still have time to book the trip, Adam. It's the Platinum Jubilee for a little lady we know as Queen Elizabeth. Uh She has been at the helm, the monarchy, for 70 years in sunny Great Britain. How about that? It's now, such a uh, long period of time. I mean, when you look I up, know. if you look up the She's queen, been of, around. you look up the Queen of England, uh, Google Images. I mean, you'll see pictures from what looked like you know 1850. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's so I think. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think she literally volunteered uh, as a very young girl to help out uh, with uh, the war effort during World War II. And like you said, you see these pictures of her and. You know, it looks like a high school graduation picture. She later became the Queen of England, and she's been doing it now as of June 2nd for 70 years. Now, she has already exceeded the time spent by Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria's record has been beaten by 12 years, and the longest monarch ever was Francis Louis XIV, he was uh, the monarch of France for 72 years. Oh, well, that record's going down. because uh... It could. Uh, you know, we just never know. The Queen Mum could be at it for a couple more years. It hasn't been decided when she'll actually step aside. She's got another 30 years left in her just to ruin Prince Charles's life. <laughs> He's been waiting... <laughs> His entire life waiting quite to be a the while. king of England, and uh, it may never happen. Yeah, Prince Charles is not a young man, but it is uh, rumored that he eventually will become the king of England. You know, there was a rumor floating around maybe about 20 years ago that said that she would never step aside because of some disputes, internal disputes with the royal family. And she had just expressed displeasure with her son, Charles, and said, she didn't really want him uh, sitting on the uh, throne of England. Now, she really, you know, holds a grudge. Yeah, she <laughs> 70 does. 70 years now. You know, <laughs> think about the times you've made your mom mad, and she kind of held her grudge a little bit. But uh, apparently Queen Elizabeth can hold a heck of a grudge. I mean, it's like the show uh, Succession. I really got into that here recently. It's about a media mogul that doesn't want to retire because he doesn't want to give his company to his kids. This is what's yeah. happening in real life with Queen Elizabeth. It's All right, Jay, we got about life. three minutes here. Uh, I wanted to end the show by talking about your charity event uh, happening on Saturday night, May 21st. That's next week. It's a comedy show to benefit um, the uh, Older Adult Alliance of Brownsburg. Did I yes. get all that right? You did. Brownsburg Older Adult Alliance. They do a lot of stuff with uh, older citizens in beautiful uh, Hendricks County. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a really big, fun event. Uh, it's hosted by a mutual friend of ours by the name of uh, Rob Kendall, who's a hoot on his own accord. And it will be a night of storytelling and comedy 
And it'll happen May 21st, 8 to 10 p.m. And it's at the uh, fabulous Brownsburg American Legion Post. You can't get more American than that. Man, that is a that is a really a hometown Saturday night for a great cause. Uh, how many other comedians are there? Uh, it appears that there will be four comedians total. That's, that's including good... yours truly. And you said, you know, that's the Jay Baker comedy hour. And if you're familiar with some of the great old comedy shows like the Jackie Gleason show, I'll be coming out with a bevy of dancers. I think perhaps the Rockettes will be appearing. Who knows? Now, I don't know if I can believe. No, you. the Rockettes yeah. will not what, be appearing. I what, just found uh, that out. Have you developed? Uh, I don't want to blow your show, but have you can you share with us one of your stories or jokes you're going to tell? <laughs> Is it family friendly? Joke, Can you hold the it? The joke that I, I'm probably going to tell is, "Hey, I actually made it here tonight." <laughs> See, that's not bad. I got a polite chuckle from you, so that's that's going to be a good start. But yeah, uh, I think it'll be fun. And uh, you know, I've been doing comedy for a while, and I actually sort of did some fine tuning of some recent uh, stuff that I've done. So I, I feel like it'll be a fun night for me as well. I get to try out some new material. Well, if you want me to jump, I'm going to go just, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'd love to, uh, I love to see you perform and everybody else and uh, help out a great cause. And if you need me to jump on, st- on stage to tell my colonoscopy story, just uh, let oh, me know. I would love that. It's <laughs> riveting. By the way, <laughs> if you go to BBURGOAA, so think of, uh, OAA, Berg before it. So org. you can get tickets for this event, and there are still uh, tickets available. Okay, Brownsburg Older Adult Alliance benefits from your comedy show. It's Saturday night, May 21st. Tickets and info at org. I'll see you there live on uh, in about a week, Jay. Thank you for coming on the show. And for everybody else, you can listen to this show in podcast form and all of our recent shows for that matter at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.